1: Welcome in to episode 53 of the bluest tape. I'm Harvey couch alongside Jeff Cola. and thanks for joining us as we take our weekly journey through the live catalog of widespread panic. Um, Jeff, thanks for joining us.
2: Happy to be here. Harvey. 53 episodes? We we're, were, we're over the hill um, for Fantastic.
1: a year. So. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, Jeff. So, uh, do you have anything good to share with the folks this week?
2: I do. Um, a netflix show that was recommended to me by a friend i can't remember it might have even been you i don't even know anymore but um watch the first couple episodes of it it's called ugly delicious with david chang and another another guy whose name i can't remember and i apologize sir um but it sort of looks at um the first episode's about pizza. The second episode is, is, is about tacos and sort of looks at foods that have become ubiquitous and sort of Americanized and sort of where they come from and um, sort of turns the notion of, of, of purity about certain things kind of on its head a, a little bit and sort of looking at the way people deconstruct things and how they build things. And the, the pizza episode was really, was really good because you have a bunch of chefs getting together and talking about pizza. Um, and they go to this, you know, what looks to be an incredible pizza place in Brooklyn. And they talk to a bunch of, they go to new Haven and talk about new Haven pizza. And then they go to Italy and go to Naples and like the, like the system they have to, you know, certify official, you know, sort of pizza and the Naples tradition. Um, but then they go to Domino's and like they have, and they have Domino and he, David Chang goes on a delivery and he has Domino's delivered and they talk about it a little bit. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, this is a guy who's an amazing chef who is clear. I mean, he even admits it. I mean, he's a food snob, but he also is sort of like, yeah, but I like Domino's. And I've got my Domino's order, which I think is uh, Alfredo sauce, bacon and onion and like thin crust. Um, and so it's just always, it's, it's an interesting show in terms of how they look at it. It makes me very hungry when we watch it Um, and it makes me want to go to certain places to eat pizza. And then the second episode where they go to a bunch of different taco trucks in LA in and around LA, which just looks amazing. Um, I learned a whole thing about how the Lebanese influenced tacos in, in Puebla, Mexico, which I did not know, which was fascinating. Um, So anyway, ugly, delicious on Netflix, highly recommend it. It'll make you hungry but also make you think about where some of this food that we kind of take for granted and think just shows up all the time, um, you know, where it comes from and all the really creative people that are doing it in kind of fun ways and how, not how authenticity is important, but it's not necessarily the most important thing when it comes to this type of food.
1: Nice. I'll have to check that out. Um, so mine is musical. Um, when I was talking to, uh, Jonathan for the parish shows, Jonathan Spencer, um, he sort of talked a little bit about the, 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 uh, the uh, Athens music scene in the early nineties. He brought up a, a band called all good, which I think used speaking to be speaking of spring 94 <laughs> uh, <laughs> used to be called the all good music company, I think. Um, and they were, I mean, they were one of my favorite bands, in the early nineties, my sister went, went to the university of Georgia. And so I discovered all good at like the same moment that I discovered widespread panic. And in, in some ways, like as a, you know, a high school freshman, they were almost like level playing field, which is kind of funny in in hindsight (laughs) at this point. But, um, they, yeah there so I, and so anyway so when Jonathan brought him up it sort of like made me revisit the uh, the catalog a little bit and so um I don't have any specific uh Album to recommend, although their 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 first record, Ride the Bee, is is really really good. And then they did a live album uh, in like '94 or '5, called Kicking and Screaming, um, that is really good. It's, it's like five or six songs, and there's a their sort of classic jam vehicle was a song called Trilogy. And on Kicking and Screaming, there's a twenty some minute version of Trilogy with uh, Boyd Tinsley on fiddle, and. The awesome thing about kicking and screaming is they actually mixed. So there were like two lead guitar players, pretty much. I mean, two guitar players, but you know, they would both play lead at different points and they mixed it, the live album with each guitar player in a different channel. So you could really like get a feel for being at the show and like who was playing at any one time, John Carter and Clay Fuller. Um, so So, yeah, those guys still get together, I think, every once in a while and play. And um, but, yeah, early 90s, all good. The other thing about them that holds a special place in my heart was that, you know, the very first time I saw Panic was at the Horde Tour in 1993. um, And the very first band to take the stage on July 18th, 1993 at the Municipal Auditorium in New Orleans, Louisiana, was in fact, all good. Um, and so they put on a fantastic set to start off uh, a great day of music, which sort of launched my uh, my career into uh, this, you know, following this type of music around. But um, so, yeah, so in a lot of ways, they hold a special place in my heart. Uh, if you've never listened to them, do yourself a favor and check them out. Uh, and if you have heard them, then, you know, it's time to, time to dust off your cup co- copy of a, uh, of rather be throw it in for old time's sake.
2: So my favorite part of that was how you almost called panic widespread, you, <laughs> you, which was perfect considering you were talking about yourself in high school at the time.
1: Right. Yeah. And
2: cause I, th- that is always one of those things where, um, we've never talked about this, this the great debate over what to call this band.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: and I feel like I probably called them widespread at first and then realized that that was a faux pas.
1: That right. <laughs> the, the, the cool people call them panic. The cool
2: people call them panic. And then you call them panic. But I do think that for a lot of fun, it's funny, even here around town and people that I meet occasionally, because I just assume everybody, I mean, there's a lot of old misgrads that live here. So I just assumed that everybody that went to Ole Miss at some point in time has been to a widespread panic show. Um, but it's funny because a lot of them say, yeah, I've seen widespread. And, you know, but they're like, you know, 35 years old. So it's uh, it's interesting. We've never talked about that, the whole, and, and also the WP versus WSP.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, might, might be, that might be those might be both topics for uh, for other shows. Future shows.
2: But anyway, I enjoyed how you sort of hesitated when you were talking about nineteen ninety three Harvey and said widespread <laughs> instead of <110. laughs> oh, yeah. I thought that was funny. Did you, ever,
1: did you ever listen to All Good?
2: can't say that i've listened to it all good but, oh. I, but i will listen to
1: uh trilogy is that is that the is that the, jam the song that's the jam song the, jam and, and the entire the entire album of i'm then they had i think two studio records ride the Bee" and uncommon goal and then um kicking and screaming came out right after that as a live album and then i think maybe they had one more live album like as like a reunion type thing five or 10 years later. So I don't know if that's worth it, but definitely those are first three are all worth, worth uh, listening to. So. so
2: I know all good's going to come up if we make it till uh, t- 2019 with the blue estate podcast. And we do the 25th anniversary of, of, of winter spring 94 um, all good will come up again. Cause we can do a whole episode about the, Terrible band names for bands that opened for Panic in winter of 1984.
1: That's a great great time. I mean, really, just their whole career, but yeah, that tour was pretty bad. (laughs)
3: Pretty
1: bad. Anyways, so we are going to continue what we've done the last few weeks and have done some in the past. Uh, We are going to celebrate an anniversary of sorts. So as this episode comes out on April 4th, uh, this week and next week, we are going to celebrate. The last two weeks, we celebrated the 20th anniversary of the 10-night run in Paris. The next two weeks, we're going to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the release of Light Fuse Get Away. The first uh, live album, released by Widespread Panic, came out on April 12th, 1998, and um, a double disc. And so we're going to celebrate its release um, this week and next by essentially releasing a volume two of light fuse getaway and so uh this week we're going to do disc one and next week we're going to do disc two um do you do you want me to to explain some of the uh the guidelines that we operate under jeff or you want to do that
2: sure i think you gave me very strict parameters.
1: Um, <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do this, you might as well do it right.
2: which to right? operate, so we only chose soundboard recordings um,
1: that we oh, had. Actually, 19, so, so the recordings from Light pews Getaway were exclusively from the year 1997, uh, m- mostly from spring, but then some summer and one from the fall, early fall, um, and. Coincidentally, there's lots of soundboard recordings from 1997 that circulated. Um, I think those are related issues. You know what I mean? Um, I think isn't the rumor that that these all came from schools? These soundboard recordings that maybe he had them all on DAT that was listening to him, trying to you know make picks for Light like, Fuse Getaway, maybe, and then passed them around. Um, but regardless, there are lots of soundboard recordings from 1997, and so the first rule was for for a, uh, a track or several tracks to make it to Life Ease Away Volume 2, um, they need to be soundboard recording.
2: And my self-imposed rule, which was it had to be, the songs had to be from the set in which they were originally. So only first set songs in this. So basically we have two CDs of music, but essentially we also have two sets of Panic! So anything that's in this first episode was in a first set. Um, the songs that open our show or open this set are openers. Um, but we, I tried to be pretty specific about where, where songs fell in the mid-set set closers or, or, or openers. Um, and so probably added, added another layer of um, complexity. detail and complexity and anal retentiveness that probably wasn't necessary
1: um but but, played right played right into your uh
2: it gave me something to do um but the thing that about light fuse get away um that that that's what that does you know in a lot of ways is that it 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 hits especially the opener um with the uh uh, with this little porch so i mean i think it's it's trying to craft a set that panic would have crafted It's it's, is sort of what we did this
1: yeah, and I mean they, you know. In fact, the uh, the porch disco opener of Life Use Getaway," which, um, you know, is maybe you know two of my favorite, you know, recordings <laughs> ever laid down on tape. Um, you know, it's the opener of that, and it's very fitting. opener, is, is actually from a second set from March thirteenth, nineteen ninety seven, but but it
2: belongs think, in the opening slot
1: absolutely is a perfect (laughs) kickoff you know and so i think their strategy wasn't so much to like match up you know when and where but if we could create a you know a dream show or um, you know if we created some frankenstein you know what would it look like and um you know a mixtape essentially um and that they put pulled stuff from you know lots of different shows but place them in as if it was uh, its own show, you know, that it could have, you could have handed those discs to somebody and said, you know, this was a panic show from spring 1997 and it would have fit right in. There's nothing out of, out of the ordinary for that. So we try to find the, follow the same, same guidelines as we built this.
2: And I, but I also think it's, it's forced us, forced us to, um, Choose some different songs some songs we haven't played all that much on this show a radio child is going to make an appearance in mm-hmm. an episode of the bluest tape which is a rare which is a rare thing yep. um but uh you know this this the light is getaway album i mean there are three live albums that pretty much are desert island discs for me um and because they're and they're the three bands that i probably listen to more in my life than any other three i phil maurice by the allen brothers live dead and then light Views getaway um i don't i don't have music on my phone i don't really uh so i don't stream things when i'm in the car my car doesn't have a cd player but our other car does and light Views getaway i think has been in the car every day for the last three and a half years it has not left the car um and again, my wife can take it or leave it, but if that's the car we choose to take to Wisconsin or on a longer road trip, um, eventually the radio gets tired. And then I grab, I grab that. And I basically listen to the Slow Porch Disco Diner. Um, and then, there, and again, the Pilgrims on that is Pilgrims is great, the Wrangler's great, the Travel Night's good. Um, the second disc, I've, I will say, I listened to the first disc all the time. The second disc, not as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, not saying it's not good. I just haven't listened to it all that much. Um, but, or compared to the first one, but I mean, I remember going to the best buy in La Crosse, Wisconsin and buying it the day that it came out. Um, you know, I, bought, I got bought, uh, will to live by Ben Harper the same day, actually. So those two records are always sort of linked, uh, for me, even though Ben Harper didn't come out that day. Uh, but I bought it that day. And, uh, yeah it's it's such a great record it's very well, it's well put it's so well put together and i get the thing about it was this was, this was the first time that we actually had live panic mixed in such a way that you could play it really really loud mm,
1: so and, loud
2: and, and, and you, like, it you
1: know, said it on like, the thing inside right i mean it said like you know just play this music loud or something on the inside of the album
2: and you did, and it won't distort. You don't have to worry about. I mean, this is there before school's bombs, but you don't have to worry about it starting. You don't have to worry about crappy audience tapes or anything like that. Like you could play this loud and like this is what it's like. So it's 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 a good record, and I'm so happy they did it. And it's still really surprising to me that it took them that long to put out a live album. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though we know that they recorded a bunch of stuff in spring and you know winter, spring of '94 um, for a record, live record that never came out. But for, it's. There's really no comparison between 1997 widespread Panic and 1994 Panic. So, I mean, I think it's a good thing they waited.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and um, I, you know, just such a perfect title for what this was—the album title. You know, I mean, I just, I, it's just such a perfect description of what this album is like, right? You just like. Put it in, press play, and sit down. Yeah. Turn it up. You know, it's like, um, uh, nothing, you know, don't think about it. Just put it in. Um, so yeah, this, this album holds a special place in my heart. I actually got, I th- there was like a, I think there was like a radio sampler that got released, you know, a month or so ahead of time. Yeah. And, um, the girl that worked that was a friend of mine that worked at the the um, the campus newspaper at UK, the Kentucky Colonel, um, got a copy of it and gave it to me. She was a big fish fan, but she knew I was a big panic fan, and so she gave it to me. I think there was like five tracks on it, maybe. There was like a radio edit for picking up the pieces, I think. And, <laughs> um i forget what else was on there but that was like you know oh just give me something just out anything i just went a little and um and i actually wrote a review like a you know i contributed a review of this album to the to the campus newspaper i wasn't like a i didn't write for the paper or anything but i wrote a few things and this is one of them um and Can you share with, our, with our listeners I've, uh, yeah, I think I can find it. I mean, I I don't doubt it's electronic. I mean, I'm, I guess it is electronic, but I, know, I think I've got a, a a hard copy somewhere. So I'll see if I can dig it up. I, I don't yeah. think it's that awful. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Sure, it's not. But... You're an English
2: major, right? Uh-huh.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. You got it right. Um, um,
1: so uh, it's
2: So 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 pieces was the quote unquote single from
1: this. I, I think that's right. I I have to look. I don't think I still have that disk but there were i think there were five tracks on it i want to say like wondering love tractor maybe and then traveling light which would obviously make sense cuz that was the you know it was the traveling light tour that summer after this disc came out so i want to say like wondering love tractor traveling light pieces radio edit and maybe that was it
2: I have a pained look on my face.
1: Um, <laughs> well, because consider, considering their, you know, their history with picking you know, singles. singles,
2: God, Ugh, it's so painful. Um,
1: yeah, short, they, short fuse is what it was called. That just that's just came in my head. So really, huh. yeah. Let's see. I bet it's okay. um,
2: I mean, to me, from if you're going to pick a, a single from this, the traveling light is perfect signal Single for it. Um, just like I thought Surprise Valley was the perfect or Climb to Safety was the perfect single for Chill the Medicine Takes and they chose neither of those songs either. So, um, yeah. Okay, so
1: here's here's the uh, here's the track list on Short Fuse. Um, golly. Yeah, this is um, <laughs> so tra- track one is uh, Traveling Light parentheses short. It was uh, four minutes and 58 seconds okay. instead of the 558 that was the uh Hmm. the the album version um so i guess they cut maybe cut short the like solo or maybe cut out like a solo or something so uh traveling light and then uh track two is picking up the pieces edit 442 instead of the 530 that's on the album i mean that seems ridiculous like what 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 is the 45 seconds You know what I mean? Like why are we doing that? But I guess maybe is there a rule that it has to be under five minutes? That seems like that's maybe because Travel Night was four fifty eight and pieces four forty two. Track three track three was a wondering edit at four oh one instead of the four twenty four on the album. Track four is a Greta edit, uh four forty two instead of ten forty four. That might've just been like a fade out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just like the body of the song and then fade up for the jam and then track five traveling light, parenthetically long, 558, <laughs> 558. <laughs> five okay. So that was, yeah, that was the full that version. So I got, I got one, stuff. I got one full track on the whole thing, traveling light.
2: So, so traveling light was the one that maybe that they were trying to push a little bit. Yeah.
1: More. Yeah. Yeah. It was track yeah. one. And then, yeah. And then the had the full version
2: not having a uh, rock DJ from the 1990s handy right now. Um, I'll have to venture, have to venture a guess, but I've, I mean, it's, it probably was still anything at that time that started with five as opposed to four
1: was it's just not getting played period. not, not, not going to get played. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's a good record all the way through, you know, again, I'm always, in, it's always interesting to see what bands pick for their quote unquote singles. Um, you know, I, I think that I didn't, I mean, not that I'm a, I'm certainly not a fish fan, but I did not pay attention to fish until they put out a live record. You know, I'm sure there are a lot of people that didn't pay attention to panic until they put out their live record too. The first dead album I ever had was, well, actually no, I had skeletons from the closet from a BMG music club, but the one I first one I actually bought legitimately was live dead. You know, the first almond brothers thing after greatest hits from the BMG music club was, um, at film or East. So live albums are really it to me. That's where you, a band that if you're, if you're going to get into a band, that is where you see the rubber meet the road. And I think they delivered, it's a great live album. um, And it really documents this, this era of panic really well.
1: Yep. Um, So I want to just, the one other uh, uh, guideline that we had um, to build these, these two discs, was that one, that, that none of the tracks appeared on live Getaway Volume 1, right? Um, and then I also included, because there were no repeats between live Getaway and the original Live in the Classic City. Um, those were all unique songs between those two releases. And so I sort of felt like, um, let, let's ride that wave too. Um, and so there are no tracks from these next two weeks they were on live in the classic city either so um they could theoretically you know release this album maybe they should or maybe they should yeah. do it in the podcast <laughs> if you're listening brown cat <laughs> uh so uh so anyway um we're gonna do things a little bit differently this week usually we you know kind of come back and forth in between the different segments uh talk a little bit about it but um for the sake of Uh, continuity or just for you know for the game that we're playing this week of uh, you know playing uh, of of releasing a a volume two of a live album Uh, we're just going to just play the music straight through as if it were a live album and then uh, we'll come back a little bit and talk about it uh, when we're done but um, Jeff anything any any uh, closing thoughts before we send the folks off on the on uh, on their journey
2: no, I mean I think that they we there there are a lot of good shows from these tours from spring and summer in ninety seven. And, you know, the drum the the drums throw in from Eleven Six Ninety Seven and Lightfuse Getaway notwithstanding. Um but these are both really good tours and there's a ton of great content and it was hard to narrow it down, but I think it was I think we've picked some really good stuff. I think we've picked some songs that again, the the, the goal for me was to try to create the, a, an accurate, a, widespread re- a, a
1: reasonable seats. show, right?
2: A, a yeah. reasonable show. And I think the first set is really reasonable. The second, next week's show, maybe might be a, a little, little more. Maybe a, so. <laughs> a little far afield. a little bit of wishful thinking. Uh-huh. But um, but it's not too far out of the door. No. But I think, no. but I think this is think this is really good, and I think everybody's going to enjoy it. So let's get it started off. Uh, we're going to start off July 9th, nineteen ninety seven.
4: Evening about tomorrow. Just a
2: That was our version of Light Fuse Getaway Volume 2 uh, from summer, uh, summer Spring 1997. We started things off with the opener from July 9th, 1997, Tie Your Shoes into Fishwater from the Pier 6 Pavilion in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, followed it up with um, Radio Child the Genesis into B of D from April 22nd, 1997, the Paramount Theater in Asbury Park, New Jersey. And then we went down to Texas, April 12th, 1997, the backyard at Bee Cave, Texas. Uh, the last straw into You Got Yours. And we closed things out with the set closer from April 20th, 1997, the Capitol Theater in Washington, D.C. Jack into Henry Parsons died. And I think this is a pretty good set overall. The, um, the Tiger Shoes Fishwater Opener is, is hot. Um, that, whole, that show is great. And actually, it was a tough one, tough to sort of grapple with between choosing this as the opener for the first set, or the junior driving. Let's get down to business driving um, that open the second set, which is really good. Um, I think the Radio Child Genesis B of D is hot. Um, actually, um, you get the tough job of trying to edit the uh, the, the segue between B of D and barstools because it sort of falls into barstools right after B of D ends. But the Genesis is great. Um, and then the last four songs of the set are pretty good too. So I think again, if we're trying to create a what would be considered a air quotes standard nineteen ninety seven uh, set for Panic, I think this is it.
1: Yeah, I mean, completely reasonable, right? I mean, it wouldn't jump out as anything. I mean, it would be a good show, but not like a, what it, what it, what happened that night, you know, a situation. So also, I don't think any of these shows appeared on. You, you know volume 1 of life Hughes get away um i think we touch we we hit a couple shows next week uh that had a, had some appearances uh in the in volume 1 of life Hughes get away but um yeah this is all really good stuff you made some good choices here jeff although i th- and i think w- w- things are really get cooking next week so um i don't want to give away too much but this is a really solid uh disc 1 uh, volume two of life fees get away.
2: Um, well, we can't give it away the first week. You know, we got to keep people coming back. That's
1: app, right. So, yeah, so absolutely. We'll
2: come back for episode 54.
1: Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Um, as we mentioned, uh, at the beginning, uh, we're proud to be a part of the, uh, Osiris podcast network. Uh, check out some other fantastic podcasts, uh, OSIRISpod.com. Um, check out our website, blueisttape.com. Uh, be sure to tell all your friends subscribe in, uh, iTunes or your podcast player of choice. Uh, give us a review, uh, on iTunes that helps uh, folks find us and, um, you know, like us on Facebook, follow on Twitter and definitely, uh, send us messages, uh, emails, tweets, DMs, um, whatever your communication uh channel of of choice is and uh because we like hearing hearing from you guys and and folks have some great ideas and that's where uh some of our shows have come from so um we appreciate that and um so hope you enjoyed uh disc one of volume two of light fuse getaway uh we'll be back next week with uh disc two as we celebrate the uh, 20th anniversary of, uh, life use getaway widespread panics, very first, uh, live album. And, um, yeah. Anything else you want to share with the good people, Jeff?
2: Nope. I think we're good.
1: All right. Well, um, hope everybody's having a, having a good time. And, uh, I guess it's spring break in some areas. So if you're, uh, if you're on the beach or in the mountains or wherever you're, uh, your destination of choices. Uh, Thanks for for bringing us along. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Osiris.
0: This podcast is In The Loop, the legion of Osiris podcasts. What does that mean? Osiris is a community of great music and culture podcasts. If you like this one, go check out others at osirispod.com and get In The Loop. Osiris is partnered with Relics Magazine at relics.com.
1: only a paragraph long. All good vocalist Corky Jones sings of living in a funky house on the opening track of the band's Ride the Bee, but it's not too funky in there. This south quintet may be from Athens, Georgia, yet it sounds less like R.E.M. than the Almond Brothers. Produced and engineered by Capricorn mainstay Johnny Sandlin, Bee features the Almonds Chuck Lavelle on keyboards and such nine-minute-plus workouts as Semprini and Trilogy, Offer guitarists John Carter and Clay Fuller plenty of room to show off their almanisms. Perhaps someday they'll incorporate them into music that isn't quite so blatantly derivative.
2: <laughs> oh, burn. <laughs>
1: oh,
2: burn.
1: And then at the end of the article, it says, all good, ride the B. To hear a soundbite from this album, call 202 <laughs> 9000 and press 8124.
2: Oh, simpler times. I wish you could mm. back to that. That's great. Derivative. Derivative is like the ultimate burn, the ultimate.